0: Welcome to the Indianola First Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Our prayer is that this message will inspire you, encourage you, and launch you into life-changing action. Good to be here. Good to be with you all today. And for all of you, those joining us online, we're so thankful that you've done that. And um, i glad you're here with us as well. I mean, We, uh, we have... Uh, had just quite a quite a time it's our second week back and and uh, there's a good crowd here this morning and we're, we're so thankful for that but you know our online uh crowd has remained pretty strong and so we're going to continue to uh, always ramp up what we're doing online and ramp up what we're doing live and uh, it takes a lot of people. It takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot of uh, time, and and uh, even even getting on YouTube and relearning and learning more new skills, and uh, you know. But that's what the church does. We persevere in times and, and like this. And when when we uh, when we don't just sit back and wait for things to work out, you know, we we plow ahead and we attain ground during this time. Amen. So important that we don't just uh, kind of sit back and relax and. We, we, we got things to do, right? We got things to do. How many are glad to be here today? I think you can do a little better than that. You're kind of out of practice. Are you glad to be here today? Yeah. Tell you what, that's what we need. Some shouting in the house of God. One of my favorite, uh, all-time favorite scriptures uh, is what I'm going to talk about today. and, and um, It's in 2 Timothy 1.6. I'm not going to get to it yet. But uh, as I was thinking about that verse or that verse came to mind as I was doing one of my, my uh, favorite activities, how many are like me a little bit and you're a little bit of a fire bug? Pyros? You like fire? There's only like four of you? Am I the only one who likes to light fires and like enjoy their warmth? All right, I, I just love it. And I like to watch it burn. And uh, especially in the spring or fall when it's cold enough to actually enjoy the warmth of it Um, There's something so calming about the flames Right? When you're just sitting around a fire with some family or friends And you're just kind of talking and it's warm And you kind of need that warmth Just relaxing Just that slow burning up of the wood I, I don't know what it is And after a while the fire burns down And this is especially true when you're camping Uh, All the wood that remains is is covered in white ash and it almost peers if it's gone out How many know that that's the best time to roast marshmallows right then? Woods kind of covered and just perfect and and then a gentle breeze comes by And it blows across those logs and it blows off a little bit of the ash and suddenly You see the orange glow from underneath the ashes. You guys know what i'm talking about? okay, and and uh, and if the wind is strong enough and if it's consistent enough uh, those glowing embers they flame right back up and this is exactly the picture that the apostle paul paints for us in his second letter to timothy it's one of my favorite verses 2nd timothy 1 6 therefore i remind you to stir up the gift of god which is in you through the laying on of my hands to stir up the gift of god which is in you through the laying on of my hands and in the verses before this Paul tells his friend and mentee, Timothy, that he he thanks God for him and he thanks God for his faith. Paul prays, he says he prays constantly for him and that he knows his faith is genuine as it was with his mother Eunice and his grandmother Lois. You might not know this, but Timothy was a third generation Christian. How many know that there's a, a lot of second generation Christians who aren't too on fire for God? Or maybe they don't even know God. Third generation sometimes non-existent. Sometimes the first generation is uh, lukewarm. But Paul here tells Timothy, I know you have a genuine faith. Your mother had it. Your grandmother had it. And I know your faith is strong and real. And then he says, and on verse 6, he says, And it is for this reason. Therefore I remind you, he says, It is for this reason. What is? What's the reason? It's for the reason, the fact that you have a genuine faith. So he's not talking to Timothy like he's backslidden. He's talking to Timothy like, you have a genuine faith, boy. You've got a strong faith. It's real. It's authentic. Your grandmother had it, your mom has it, and you have it. And it's for this reason that I tell you, stir up the gift. Stir up the gift of God which is in you. Another translation says this in the New American Standard Bible. For this reason, I remind you to to kindle afresh the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. And I love how the Amplified Version puts it. That is why I remind you to fan into flame the gracious gift of God that inner fire, that special endowment which is in you through the laying on of my hands with those of the elders at, the, at your ordination. Paul is saying, blow the ashes off the burning coals and let that inner fire, that passion to serve him, with those gifts that God specifically placed in you, let that fire burn. Let it flame up. And what a picture, so much of the church of Jesus Christ I think has a real faith, a deep, unshakable faith, a faith that is authentic. I say this to this church. I think this church is magnificently strong. Pastor Jared shared, 50 percent came back day one. Could mean that you're just not scared of COVID. But I think it's that you have a strong faith. Turn to your neighbor and say, and if you're at home, do this too. Say, "I am glad for your strong faith." Congratulations, church. Your faith is strong. I believe that this is a strong church. But just like Timothy, the church needs to be reminded to not just settle and be satisfied with being hot burning coals covered with ash. We need to fan into flame or stir up the gifts that God has given us. Would you do this for me this morning? Just... just just to uh, humor me, turn to your neighbor and say, I'm so glad that you're gifted. Because every one of you has gifts. And we should be thankful for one another's gifts. I'm so thankful that Donnie's, Pastor Donnie's gifts aren't the same as my gifts. He's really happy that his aren't the same as mine. At least I think you are. Amen. Amen. We are all different, but we are all gifted differently, and it's wonderful. That's why marriages are so fun. We say it in faith, right? Marriage is fun. Amen. It's an adventure sometimes. And every one of you can tell me those things that you are good at, those areas that you are gifted in. And there are many spiritual gifts listed in the Bible, and none of these lists are exhaustive, and some of them even overlap. But I wanted to go through them a little bit. You have the motivational gifts, we like to call them uh, in Romans 12. Motivational gifts, that's kind of a man uh, given name to these. The Bible doesn't call them this, but this is what we call them. The motivational gifts, Romans 12, and it's li- they list them out here. We've got prophecy, we've got service, we've got teaching. We've got exhorting or encouraging, we have giving, we have a leader or administration, we have mercy. And I think many of you in here and many of you maybe that are watching online have, have heard me uh, or, or other pastors give this little test to uh, how to know what your administration gift is, or I'm sorry, your motivational gift is. And it's by asking the question, what would you do if you were at a wedding, and the, uh, the wedding cake came in And this wedding cake is beautiful It's big, it's expensive It's the bride's dream cake, right? And, and, and it comes in and they bring it in And all of a sudden the guy who's carrying it Just trips and it splats all over the ground What would you do? Eat it, someone said I don't think uh, Nope, that's not one of the gifts Alright, so Prophecy might say Why did you do that? Why did you trip? Pointing the finger Service might just run and start trying to clean it up Teaching might say, what can we learn from this? And how can we make sure that this never happens again? Exhorting or encouraging could be, hey, don't worry about it I mean, the bride's crying on the floor, right? And the encourager goes up and says, don't worry about it we didn't, None of us needed those calories We're all, you know, we all got the COVID-15 um, Is that how you say that? No? Or anyway, <laughs> quarantine pounds, right? The giver just runs out and buys a new cake. The leader says, you get the mop, you get the broom, you get the bucket, let's get this thing cleaned up so she can stop crying. If it's not in her, if it's not in her vision, she doesn't see it, then she won't be bawling about it, right? That's the, that's, the, that's the leader, the administrator. Then you have the mercy gift who just sits down next to the bride and cries with her and holds her hand. It takes all kinds to be the church, and you guys have heard me do that before, but it's important that you know what your gifts are. How can you stir up a gift and you have no idea what it is? You need to know what it is. Then we have the manifestation gifts in 1 Corinthians 12. We like to call them that. And these are manifestation gifts of the Holy Spirit. These are baptism of the Holy Spirit. These are Pentecostal gifts, I believe. I think we, we as Pentecostals study these maybe more than some do. But these are manifestation gifts. Word of wisdom. And if people just say wisdom, that is not what the Bible says. It's word of wisdom. Special uh, anointing by the Holy Spirit to give you a word of wisdom in a special moment in time. It's not just wisdom. Wisdom's great, it's wonderful, but it's not the motivational gift or manifestation gift of the spirit. Word of wisdom, word of knowledge, same way. It's not just knowledge. How many know anybody can have knowledge? You can read a book and get knowledge. This is a spiritual gift. It's a word of knowledge. Knowing something supernaturally. You have gifts of faith, just, just overwhelming amount of faith in a situation or circumstance, and it just hits you, and you have faith to believe for whatever miracle needs to happen. Then you have gifts of healing. How many know there are those that are just, they're anointed to pray for people for healing? It's a a gift from the Holy Spirit. And the working of miracles and prophecy and the discerning of spirits. It's not just discernment, it's discerning of spirits. It's knowing what spirit you're dealing with in any given moment. It's a manifestation gift of the Spirit. Are you with me this morning? Gifts of tongues. And I've I've heard pastors misquote this because they don't like to talk about speaking in tongues, but I'm sorry it's in the Word of God, and if it's in the Word of God, we've got to talk about it, right? The gift of tongues is speaking in a language that you've never learned. It's a heavenly language given to you by the Holy Spirit in the moment so you can pray perfect prayers. It's your spirit joining with the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit praying through you as as He gives you utterance, and you allow Him to speak through you, and you have a perfect prayer. That's at least one use of the gift of tongues. I've heard people, even songs on the radio say If I speak with silver tongues As they're quoting this It's not speaking with a silver tongue Okay, it's not, it's not just speaking well It's not just having eloquent words It's speaking in an unknown language Can anybody say amen? Yeah amen. <laughs> Yeah, some of you did and then you have the interpretation of tongues, which is important. These are manifestation gifts of the Spirit given to the body to make things function properly within his church. Then you have ministry leadership gifts. We call these the fivefold ministry. These are ministry gifts given to leaders within the church to carry out the functions of the church, basically. You have the apostles, everybody stick your hand up and put your thumb out. Your apostles. That's the thumb That's the strong tough one Right The one that's not easily moved You have the prophets Which A little bit of a pointer, pointer And you can see that these overlap Don't they a little bit Evangelists It's the middle finger They stand It's the tall man They stand out right They come in and blow a place up And then they leave Before all the pieces hit Right That's an evangelist How many have ever heard of evangelists You just loved hearing them Just have a great message right For the church then you have the pastors, the ring finger, right? I don't have my ring on because my my COVID-15 fattened my fingers too much. But I'm still married. But they love the people, it's the ring finger, right? And then you have the teachers, it's the pinky, it's the only one that fits in your ear. These are gifts given to the church. These are all gifts listed in Scripture. Spiritual gifts. Then you have miscellaneous gifts, and they're kind of all over the place. They're not necessarily I think I put that's that Romans 12, that's not actually the right, you can take that off. That's a misprint. They're all over the place, these ministry gifts in Scripture, but one of them is celibacy. You know, the Apostle Paul had that gift, didn't he? He remained single, he remained celibate. Hospitality. That's a gift that's, that's mentioned in Scripture. We have a lot of people in this church who are gifted in the area of hospitality. I can't help but think of, of Peggy Phillips, who's one of the most hospitable people I've ever met. Would you say Amen? Martyrdom, it's a spiritual gift. Being a missionary, spiritual gift. Voluntary poverty. Man, I, did anybody have that gift? Mother Teresa did. She went and lived with the people she ministered to and had nothing because of it. Paul is placing responsibility on Timothy to stir up his gifts, to fan into flame that passion that prompts you to serve the Lord, both in and outside the church. And you, you, you might look at the scripture verse like this, this 2 Timothy 1.6. You might say, it's Paul saying, hey, Timothy, you have a strong faith, man. It's real and I know it's real so I need to remind you that if you can't be satisfied That you can't be satisfied with burning embers You have to stir up those coals of your passion for Christ and be on fire. You can't just sit and smolder. That's not enough You have to step out in faith and let yourself be used in those gifts Those specific things that God has placed in you with purpose so that you could fulfill all that God has called you to do And it really is our own responsibility church We shouldn't need anyone else to motivate or inspire us to do what God has already called us to do. So, what's that look like? How do you stir up the gifts within yourself? Fan into flame. How do you do that? Well, first of all, if you haven't ever thought about the gifts you have, you should. You should think about that. You should pray about it. Everybody has gifts. Everyone has the potential to bring something to the table. How many would say you'd know at least one of your gifts that God has given to you? Don't be shy. Okay, most everybody's raising their hand. How many have no idea and you want to know? How many of you hate voting? <laughs> you just voted. So, yeah, <laughs> gotcha. We should know what our gifts are. Ask God to show you. Take a gift test. Personality tests can even give you clues. But get a good idea of what area you are gifted in, and then be willing to step out in faith in those gifts. You know, I'll uh, give you a little illustration. I have, um, I've had a, a dream or a vision or a goal, however you want to say it, to desire maybe to open a free health clinic within the church for over 10 years wouldn't that be cool to offer a free health clinic right here within the church solve a lot of community need I think and it would be very outreach oriented it would be a way we could bless our community in ways that there's a hole I think yeah some of you like that idea yeah that's good and, and, I, and I'm not gifted at all at this stuff, at that kind of stuff. My gifts lie more in leadership, apostolic, pastoral areas where vision and direction of the church comes more naturally to me than maybe it does to other people. That's my gift. But we have individuals, several, who have mentioned this to me, and they would like to be involved in it, in something like this. And they are not only gifted in the area... Of, of mercy and caregiving, they have formal training in these areas. So we're going to start taking steps to making this happen. And it's not even going to be that difficult, I don't think. How awesome is that? That is people stepping out in their gifts and uh, using the organization of the church to make something amazing happen for our community. Awesome. And if if God's people don't step out in those gifts, if they sit there, if they don't want to be used, I'm busy enough, I don't... Are you talking about... I'm not talking about volunteering at the church. I'm talking about stepping out and being used in your gifts, whether it's in the church or outside the church. Using your gifts. If people don't step out in their gifts, then nothing happens. Here's another example. There's an organization in our community called Healing House... It's a nonprofit that seeks to provide emergency housing for those in our community that find themselves in need. And I'm telling you, for years, this has been a need in Warren County. We've had no emergency housing. We need emergency housing in Warren County. In fact, I've even thrown around the idea of doing it ourselves because every time a group started trying to do something, it seemed to fall apart. Too many uh, uh, leaders or too many people uh, trying to take charge... But anyway, this thing has come together marvelously, and they've recently purchased the old Woods Motel, and we've adopted, as a church, we've already done this, we've adopted a room. Pastor Amelia quickly put together a team that loves decorating. We call them our HGTV team. And uh, making small spaces, they're they're great at making small spaces look great. They spent the time yesterday cleaning the room we we adopt that, the room that we adopted and they will be painting it and getting it ready over the next couple of weeks and we're going to have a place to put people and you don't realize this but every week just about we have people who stop and especially before covid we had every week somebody or every couple of weeks at least every someone calling and needing a place to stay needing a hotel room needing this we're we you know they just need this place to stay because they're they're homeless for whatever and many times those those situations are are they're tough. What do you say? Do we just put everybody up in a hotel that needs a place to stay? Is that good use of God's money? So it becomes a very difficult thing, and you have to do it case by case. But now we have a little bit more uh, uh, we have a place to send them, We have a place. we even have a key to our room. And we love that. But God's people stepped out in faith and offered their gifts. There will be safety and shelter for families. For years to come, families from our community. And we have individuals who love serving the area of hospitality and also just happen to love to work in the restaurant industry. How cool that things are moving forward in our fireside bistro. And that these individuals have stepped up and stepped out to serve. And not just so we can have a cool amenity in our church facility. It goes much further than this. We are believing that God is going to use this ministry to reach not only people in Indianola, but through raising money for missions, our bistro can actually help build the kingdom all over the world. Our bistro people know this. We've talked to them about it. There's a greater reason than just serving muffins and biscuits and gravy on Sunday morning. It's cool. And if you can't see past serving biscuits and gravy and coffee, then you, you, you need to spend some time with me and I'll teach you how to dream big. Because you're not thinking big enough And whether you're serving within the local church Or outside the church You must make that decision to step out And be used in whatever gift that you have And I understand that this can be difficult Stepping out may be new territory for you It may be that you have to move past those wounds and scars That you got the last time you tried stepping out I think there's people uh, that don't even come to church Maybe there's some of them listening online right now They don't come to church because they've been hurt by the church. Could mean that you've tried to uh, serve and you just got shut down. I I know about that all too well. I wanted to be the youth pastor of a church in South Dakota and I asked the pastor who I love dearly three times if I could be the youth pastor and he told me no every single time. No, we're, we're really not looking for, he, he would beg for somebody to help on Sunday mornings I'd come to him Monday and say, hey, I'm your guy, I'll do it I wasn't in ministry at the time But I'd do it, I'd volunteer, i will be the youth leader And he said, "Nah, you're not really what we're looking for I said, okay And then when he begged again the next week I went back to him and said, hey, I'd really like to give this a shot He said, nah We need somebody a little more dynamic than you That's what he was saying really so he begged again and I came back the next week he said okay we'll give you a try and see and it changed my life forever because I've never not been in ministry since that's been almost 30 years ago so sometimes you just have to keep asking it could mean that you have to swallow some pride and receive and, and receive some instruction first that was probably a little bit of an issue with me he didn't know me I was just some dumb college kid a music school dropout. Who's in a Christian rock band that, you know, does he really want them, that kind of guy talking to his kids? Swallowing pride, some of it. It may be that you have, have to make preparations that take longer than you thought. It may be that you just have to, you, you just find it hard to be in the limelight. Maybe that's the reason you don't step out. Maybe, maybe the opposite is true. Maybe it's hard for you to be behind the scenes, but for whatever reason, stepping out, it, it does start to make you feel a little vulnerable. That's why I think so many people are just really, really okay with sitting back. Uh, let's let somebody else do it. Oh, I don't want to learn anything new. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I, my time is full. Blah, blah, blah. And only you and God can know what your time can handle, right? But if your gift is not being used you're not in the right God gave you that gift for a purpose for a reason and to sit on it it's like telling God you just don't care let somebody else do the work Yes, it makes you feel vulnerable. Feeling vulnerable and even insecure sometimes about stepping out in faith can lead to a life of ash-covered coals rather than life ablaze with passion to serve. I understand this. I understand it's easier just to sit, I'm red hot for God, inside myself. But guys, there are leaders, there are teachers, there are servants and future pastors and evangelists, there are administrators and exhorters and givers and those who are willing to even be martyred for their faith sitting in this room today. And all these gifts, all that faith, let's blow off the ashes and fan those coals into flames. Now, it's also important to understand that the local church has a purpose in all of this, and I already gave you the list of ministry leadership gifts, the five-fold thing um, on your hand, found in Ephesians 4. And I want to read it to you, Ephesians 4, 11 through 13. Now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip remember that word, God's people to do His work and build up the church. Verse 12, again, their responsibility is to equip God's people to do His work and build up the church, the body of Christ. Verse 13, this will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. That's a tall order, right? measuring up to the full and complete standard of christ what's the job of, the, of those that have the giftings of the fivefold ministry to help the church raise or, or, or measure up to the full and complete standard of christ pastor jared does that seem like an easy thing to do for us as pastors does that seem like an easy thing to do pastor donnie or elder gail it does seem easy well, you need to come to my office sometime and work with me Because it's not very easy I don't see a lot of people Rising to the standard of Christ Yet that's what God says And we can have that through his blood And that's what Gail is saying, through his blood We are righteous and we are made perfect But man, people make dumb decisions, don't they? And man, people walk back you know, Take four steps back before they take one step forward It happens all the time This is what these gifts are about To raise up that standard The original Greek word that's translated Equip here In verse 12 And I'm going to give it to you It's Ketartidzo ketartidzo. Everybody say that So I'm not the only one sounding weird Ketartidzo Ketartidzo, yeah I teach you Greek words once in a while You remember Huvitaso, right? And how many remember Koinonia? Koinonia this is Tidzo. It's used 13 times in the New Testament. It's translated into a number of words. And Ephesians 4.12 is the only time that it's translated equip. So one of the ways you can gain knowledge in the Word of God and what a word really means, like when you take a verse like Ephesians 4.12 and you say their responsibility, meaning those with those gifts, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, Their responsibility is to equip God's people. When you you want to know, what what does equip mean? I mean, I want to know that. I'm a pastor, right? What does that word mean? What does that mean? Then you begin to look at that Greek word. You find all the other times that 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 Greek word appears in the New Testament, and you look at how it was translated there, and you get a broader meaning of what that word means. Because sometimes there's words that were, it was originally written in Greek, that we don't have exact words to match it in English. And so you begin to get a broader meaning Or it takes several words to say one word in another language and Most of you that study languages understand that But this is an incredibly important word Katartizo And this is It's because knowing the meaning of this word Gives us the answer to the reason we have church leadership How many like church leadership? Oh darn How many like church leadership? Well, there's, you know, five of you. Okay, that's right. I don't have to have all you raise your hand. That's good. Beware when the Bible speaks, or when the Bible says, beware when all men speak well of you. So we got to have a few that don't like, right? <laughs> this is the reason we have church leadership and why the local church is so important. You know, maybe, maybe now during this time of pandemic, The question comes up, why is it so important that we're a part of a church? Everyone says, yeah, we need the fellowship. We need that fellowship. And that is so true. We need the koinonia. Absolutely. But there's even more reasons than that. There's more reasons than that. Ketar Tidzo is used, again, 13 times. This is the only time it's translated equip. Mark 1.19 it's used. Going a little further, he this is Jesus, saw James the son of Zebedee and John his brother, who were also in the boat, mending their nets. Mending, katartidzo, their nets. It's interesting. Put that word back in verse 12 of Ephesians. It says their responsibility is to mend God's people. That's interesting. Equip, or mend. Take Luke 6.40. There's another instance of this word. A pupil is not above his teacher, but everyone, after he has been fully trained, will be like his teacher. Fully trained. Trained. Catartizo. That's the word right there. And that might go along with equip pretty good. Their responsibility is to train, equip, mend, equip, Look at 1 Corinthians 1, 10. It says, now I exhort you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all agree and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be made complete. In the same mind and in the same judgment. Made complete. Catar First Peter 5:10. "After you have suffered for a little while, the God of all grace who called you to His eternal glory in Christ will himself perfect." Catartizo, confirm, strengthen and establish you. So what is the job of those with ministry leadership gifts in the church to assist the body of Christ by equipping them, be a part of mending them? Training them, helping them become complete, assist them in perfecting their faith to help them put into order their priorities. That's another scripture. I'm not even going to get into that because you can read all 13 of them, and, and many times they're different words. Help them put into order their priorities to strengthen and prepare. That's what kater means. More than just equip, all of these things. And those within ministry leadership or who have possessed those leadership ministry gifts are not just those in full-time ministry, church. Who knows, there may come a time when a full-time ministry is no longer a thing. When the church has been, ever in the past, has been forced to go underground, it it always survives, even though there might not be full-time pastors or teachers or whatever. It always survives, and actually, it thrives. These gifts are not jobs to be had, right? Pastor is not necessarily a job. It's not a career of an individual's choosing. There are callings and ministry gifts. And if you have one of these gifts, it's important to begin using them. There are missionaries who have pastoral gifts. There are those in this congregation who have apostolic-type gifts that need to be used. I said just a little bit ago that I have some apostolic some gifts. And I'm not saying that by patting me on the back. I'm not saying, "Oh, look at me! I'm an apostle." I'm not even claiming I'm an apostle. I have apostolic some apostolic giftings. Why do you think we have another church? You know, that's part of it. That's just part of it. Understand, you got to know who you are. You got to know what your gifts are, and you got to be willing to step out in faith and let God do amazing things in you. Are you hearing me this morning? You see, when the whole church of Jesus steps out with their gifts, from the motivational gifts to the leadership gifts to the manifestation gifts, the kingdom of God is going to be built. If you have the manifestation gift and you know it of word of knowledge, Holy Spirit given gift, it can be used in church, great. How would that look maybe there's a pause sometime in the service and you give a holy spirit inspired utterance that gives knowledge that there's no way you could have because it's spirit given and it changes the course of someone's life maybe multiple people's lives because of that word of knowledge how does that look outside the church Maybe you're standing, and we use this this example all the time, in the grocery store, at Walmart, wherever you're at, in a restaurant, you're sitting, and God gives you a word of wisdom for your waitress, or for the person you work with, or for the person you're standing in line with, six feet apart. And he gives you a word of knowledge for that person. And you say, hey, can I tell you something? I don't want you to feel this is weird, but the Holy Spirit just spoke to me this about you. How many know that that's a step of faith? That that can be difficult, that that makes you vulnerable, that you can even be insecure about doing that. But as God does that in you and shows you those gifts and you step out in faith in those gifts, you're going to see amazing things happen. And something like that, that's not even, that doesn't even have to do with this church. That's just being the church as an individual. Understand, our gifts have got to be used. Whether you're a servant or a giver or a teacher or an evangelist We all need to be walking that place where the gifts that we possess are being used by the one who gave us those gifts To further his purposes in the world. I mean teachers gotta be teaching If you're a teacher and you're not teaching Come on teach I'm not much of a teacher. We need him in this church but even if it works to teach outside this church, great. I mean, teachers have gotta be teaching. Prophets have gotta be prophesying. Givers have gotta be giving. Servants gotta be serving. Leaders gotta be leading. It's just the way it is. They have to be doing that which God has put in them. And this, again, doesn't mean that it has to be done within the local church setting. Individuals being used in their gifts outside these four walls is so important. We have, I have a great example of that. You all know Brandon Chaden, right? You know what he does? He has taken on in this church the responsibility of being the chaplain for the races over here. He makes sure there's someone to pray and lead in the uh, singing of the national anthem. He doesn't usually sing, thank God. Somebody else does. He makes sure it happens. And anyway, he makes sure there's prayer every single race. That actually exploded in him a little bit. He's gotten ministry, or he's working towards ministry credentials. He's, he's going to have them very soon. He'll be a certified minister of the Assemblies of God. I'm telling you, that's awesome. Some of you know Brandon Chayden, what he, where he came from and how he was. I mean, he was right out of jail when he came here. Now God's going to use him mightily. Well, he started his own nonprofit with the blessings of Pastor Jared and some of us that he's talked to about it, but it's called Beyond the Race because now he's leading little Bible studies in the pits and not only here, but for the young racers. I don't know what kind of cars these boys race. You guys do, don't you? Anderson's no. But he's starting this ministry, and it's wonderful, and it's outside these four walls, and that's great. Those kinds of things can happen. I'm, I'm telling you, church, we just got to be using our gifts. And again, this is how the whole church functions and moves forward, practically speaking. This is how we combat the garbage going on in our world right now. And if you look around, there's some garbage out there. But instead of the church talking about it, gossiping about it, complaining about it, we ought to be stepping out in faith and being used in our gifts. I mean, what if you suddenly ran into someone who was a member of... An organization that seems to be uh, pushing violence. What if, and instead of bumping chests with them or yelling or screaming at them or telling them how dumb they are and listening to them tell you how dumb you are, the Holy Spirit just comes in you because He knows you're a vessel that's willing to step out, and you begin to read the mail. You know what I'm saying? Read their mail, not from their mailbox. Their spiritual male. Could that turn a heart? The supernatural is going to be needed more than ever as we move forward. So get ready to be used in your gift. Get ready to step out. How do you do that? You pray. We talked about it last week. You get in the word, you fan into flame. You blow the ashes off those old coals and you start burning hot for God again. Like you know you should, but maybe you, quite, you, you just haven't quite done that recently. The church of Jesus Christ, stepping up and stepping out, is the only answer to these problems. And I've talked long enough, so I want to pray this morning. Would you pray with me? God, we we repent today for being satisfied with where we've been. We ask forgiveness, God, for being obtuse to the needs around us as we focus on ourselves and become intrinsic. God, give us your eyes for the people around us. Let us see them with spiritual eyes. And God, we make a commitment to you today that we're not going to be satisfied with just glowing hot embers within our lives. Lord, we want to be ablaze. We want to be on fire. We want to fan into flame. We want to stir up the gifts. And Lord, as a pastor of this church, I repent for not equipping the body. For not focusing on mending and equipping and making perfect and complete. God, it takes people stepping up and stepping out, but it takes leaders who are willing to equip and train and mend and encourage God, we commit to you as a church right now to allow you to use the gifts you placed in us. Remind us, God, of what those are. Remind us, God. Give us visions and dreams of what can be accomplished when we turn those gifts over to you and let you have your way. Sometimes I think we just take those gifts and we use them for our own benefit. I wonder how many car salesmen are actually evangelists. And Lord, we just love you today. We give you our hearts again. We give you our lives again. We give you the gifts back God that you gave us not because we don't want to be used but because we want to be used Flow in us God again we make this our prayer we make this the cry of our heart and God even as we leave here today I pray we would have open eyes and clear vision right away to see what you want us to do let there be a resurrection of vision in your church In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks for being a part of the Indianola First podcast. Join us next week to stay updated on our latest messages.